0: Welcome to Booth Review with my daddy
1: and with my Uncle Pi. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Booth Review. As always, I'm your host and resident cheesehead, Devin Primrose, joined as always by my brother from another mother, Mr. Blake Ivy. What's going on, man?
0: And everything is good. I just finished up uh, my last assignment for the semester for seminary, so hey, man, get to get to have a little bit of a break uh, and and focus on a little some other things in the meantime, you know. So that'll be good to have some some. Uh, time to do other stuff it was a fantastic football weekend i mean my falcons lost but like that was expected like i think that something that we all saw coming and it was like yeah whatever that's a that's about what i thought was gonna happen so um, hey
1: no no heartbreak for me this week bye week
0: you got the the beloved bye week so (laughs) um got the new setup in the closet i've uh i redid half of our closet to be kind of like my office which is uh great i love it i've got a setup i've got one two three four screens in front of me now uh including my phone camera and so got my pop vinyl set up collection show it off on twitch uh if you only listen to the podcast you're only getting half the experience we've got half a whole video portion uh that you can see over here on twitch so yeah man yeah, get, everything get, get everything's that visual experience Yes, yes, we're, we're definitely, you don't want to miss looking at us for, for an hour and a half to two hours, two and a half hours. That's really the, that's really the treat, if you will. Uh, so, but yeah, everything's going pretty good, man. How about you?
1: I mean, can't complain. You know, another week, same old, same old. Man, but, you're, uh,
0: you're, you're color coordinated. Speaking of the visuals, you're color coordinated real well. You got the navy blue, light blue shirt and the navy blue, light blue hat. That's, that's you know, spot on, man. You know how I roll, man? I got to keep yeah. myself looking fly over here. Yeah, you're definitely in like the top <laughs> top 1000 most fashionable people I know. I won't I won't say how far <laughs> up up or down the list you are, but probably probably top 1000 uh, of people I know personally.
1: I mean that's probably accurate. And honestly, <laughs> I think I got to take that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Well, if you click on this episode, you've probably realized that we are doing two episodes this week. Uh, we're two gonna parts. try something try something different, uh, break it up a little bit for you guys, because we know that we've been doing some long podcasts, and it's not been intentional. It's just we got so much good content just flowing, we can't just cut yeah. it. So yeah. we're gonna try and switch it up a little bit. We're gonna do our it won't really be a review of week 13, but it'll be our best of the booth, unreview, yeah. legit counterfeit, all, all of our usual segments in this. First episode of the week, and then the goal is to have that up on Wednesdays, and then early Thursday, we'll have our picks up. So you can listen to the picks, figure out what we're doing, or what who we're picking in Thursday night game, going into the weekend. All, all the usual content, just divided up into two little segments.
0: Uh, I thought we were going to do our Thursday night picks in the first episode, and then we could roll this picks episode out
1: on Friday. You you are correct. I forgot about that and I got caught up in the moment. But uh yeah, we'll we'll do that. Yeah. And then so yeah, so Wednesday and Friday. That is the goal. Those are the goal days. So trying to push out a couple more episodes for you, but keep it around shorter the same episodes. amount of time for content, just shorter episodes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'll let you have it in two different chunks.
1: With all that being said, let's hop into it, man. Who you got for your best let's in the booth this it. week? Oh,
0: man, best of the booth. I said going into the game last night, I said, it's snowy. It's, I think the degrees was 36 degrees in that Monday night game. Felt like 23, I think is what it said. Either way, both of those are far too cold for me. No, thank you. I uh, I liked being inside and in the south where we don't have that cold. Uh, it was nice, definitely, last night for that. Um, <laughs> but... I said, I I tweeted out from our Booth Review Twitter account, which if you have a Twitter account, make sure you're following us, at Booth Review underscore pod, because somebody took at Booth Review pod, and I can't message them. But anyway, make sure you're following us there. I said, when I found out it was snow, it was going to be that cold, I was like, we are looking at an instant classic. And man, I really think it was. I think this is a game we might be talking about for a long time. And one of the biggest reasons is my best of the booth I don't think he's been one of our best of the booth yet, but he should be. Bill Belichick. That guy, the greatest coach in NFL history, you can argue with me if you want, but you're going to be wrong, best head coach in NFL history, Bill Belichick, came into last night with an incredible and unbelievable game plan. I don't know how much of it was determined by the weather, or if this was the game plan going in, and if it was, that would be hilarious. But Mac Jones only threw the ball one time in the first half, and then only two more times in the the second half. So he only threw the ball three times. It's the first time a team has won a game where the quarterback only threw three passes since like the 70s. It's unbelievable that they were able to do this. But he knew that the Bills defense, run defense, is the weakest part of that defense. And in my opinion, it is... They struggle against teams with a solid run game. When you look at the numbers, you see uh, the teams that they've they've held to under 100 yards rushing are teams that don't really have good running backs, or teams that their running backs were out that week. So the Bills' run defense is by far the weakest part of that team altogether. Uh, I'll say, I would say their run offense is the worst part of that team. Yeah, but their sure. run defense is is pretty close behind it. Um, and so he went in and he said, you know what? My rookie quarterback, you can just stay warm, keep your hands in the little like kangaroo pouch thing you got there, keep them warm, snap the ball and hand it to somebody else and let them do the work. And they did. 222 rush yards for the New England Patriots yesterday and only 19 passing yards. I have never seen it in an NFL game that the stats looked like that. And they won. And... I don't think they ever trailed. At no point did they ever trail in the game. Bill Belichick knew. He said, my defense is good enough to just keep the Bills' offense stagnant. It's cold. It's windy. Let's make them try to beat us through the air. And they couldn't do it. And so props to Bill Belichick, greatest coach in NFL history, best of the booth. He was unbelievable uh, last night on Monday Night Football. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some coaching talk later on. Uh, that's a little spoiler alert for my legit oh. counterfeit. Okay. Uh, and and we'll actually get into some talk on the Bills' defense. Yeah, Bill Belichick is a mastermind. He's he's unbelievable as a coach. I I couldn't honestly I couldn't believe that they were running the ball as much as they were because like we've both raved all season um, about Mac Jones and his talent level, but I've also gone on record saying before that Mac Jones is kind of an advanced game manager. And what you do last night? I mean, if that's like, that's you just hand the ball off forty six times. Yeah. I mean, that's literally managing the game. Um, prime game management. Right <laughs> yeah, there. and and you know, I have to say, you did you did call this game an instant classic, and I might disagree with you. That's fair. Just just from a viewer standpoint, I find my, I found myself last night during that game bored quite often, and I think that's a testament to I'm so used to. The current NFL, the where it's Mahomes so type games. right, Patrick Mahomes type game. Like I wanted to see that flashiness, that that uh crazy, spectacular catch. That what what is he doing, making that pass, that throw? And there yeah. was none of that. This was this was old school, like '60s and '70s type football. and just running the ball down the other down the opponent's throat. And it, I mean, it was great for what it was. It just it's so weird seeing that game in 2021, but. Yeah. That's and off, it, and that's it wasn't to like,
0: it wasn't like, um, Derek Henry, you know, like you're, right, you're, right. you're looking at teams that the, they did have, uh, what's his name? Harris, uh, Damian Harris, Damian Harris had one sixty-four yard run. Other than that, I mean, uh, Stevenson, he had. 78 rushing yards and his longest run was 11. I think he had three runs that were over six yards. Everything else was just these little four or five yards. Same thing for Harris, that it was like they were just beating them on these little like four to eight yard runs, just boom, boom, boom. So yeah, I understand that. I could see that from like a a boring standpoint of like, it was like, man, is this really all they're going to do all game? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I can get that. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not gonna argue with you on, on it being an instant classic, but it was definitely memorable, I feel like.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. And and I mean, luckily we do get another matchup of these two teams. I think it's in two weeks or three weeks. So that, you know, maybe with it being in New England, weather might not be as bad, although it's still up north. So who knows? And we could we could see the same thing again. But I think that one will be a little bit more Interesting from a modern viewership standpoint, but regardless, I mean these two teams are two powerhouses in the AFC, and it was it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. So yeah, best of the booth, Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah, good, good, good pick for sure. My best of the booth this week goes out to a defensive player, which this might be the first time I've chosen a defensive player. Oh, uh, but I'm going with defensive player of the year front runner T.J. Oh, Watt. Oh, yeah. TJ was an absolute monster on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. He racked up three and a half sacks, one of those being a strip sack, six total tackles, three of those for a loss, and an impressive 11 pressures on Lamar Jackson. He was a major force in keeping Pittsburgh in this game and ultimately winning the game. On the final Baltimore play of the game, the the, the two-point try, yeah. Who who was in the face of Lamar Jackson and forced an overthrown pass? None other than T.J. Watt. Uh, coming in right. off the edge unblocked, which I don't know how you let that guy go unblocked, but whatever. Uh, just, just an all-around fantastic game to add to his stellar season and definitely helped his case for Defensive Player of the Year. His season totals now are 16 sacks, 16 tackles for loss, Forty-seven total tackles and four forced fumbles, all while missing two games. Wow, that's that's unbelievable. And that's I believe great. I believe the sack record is twenty-two. I think you're right. Am
0: I right? Strahan did it.
1: Yeah, it's either twenty-two or twenty-two and a half. You know, with five games left, with seventeen-game schedule now, he has he has a real shot at at hitting that record. Yeah, which, I mean that. If he hits the record, I, f- I feel like he's got at least. I mean, unless Trey Diggs also breaks that record that's been around since the 50s. Uh, I don't know if
0: he's going to do that, though. I
1: don't know either. But, I mean, they both, it's crazy that both these guys have shots at those records. They have yeah. stood Multi-sack for Multi sack games quite a are while. way
0: more common than multi pick games.
1: True. So, like, true.
0: <laughs> and Trey, I think Trey Diggs needs like three or four multi pick no, games. No, no, in order no. To he's, break no that he's, record.
1: he's five away. He's five away from tying.
0: So, OK, so he only needs he needs to have a pick every game and one game where he has a multi-pick game
1: to break it. Yes, but to okay. tie it. Yeah, just one one a game, which that's I mean, pretty
0: crazy. It's, it's possible. It's doable. But yeah, I mean, TJ Watt, that's a fantastic best in the booth. I mean, it's crazy to think that JJ J. Watt is not the best Watt brother. Like, I <laughs> think that you can almost say that at this point, like, the numbers that that TJ is putting up it's like it's like somehow he is both the best linebacker and the best pass rusher in the league it's like yeah how how is he this good at i mean mostly he's an edge rusher but i mean this is this is unbelievable performances and he was absolutely demolishing the ravens on sunday i mean yeah. it was, seemed like every play and that's if you want to beat the ravens you got to shut off the escape valve that is the the Lamar Jackson run. Yeah. And so for for him to be able to do that to to step up and keep him from scrambling is fantastic. So yeah, hats off to to TJ. Man, fantastic week. Fantastic season. I'm excited. I love it. You know, I love defense. So I love that he's he's getting this respect and having this kind of performance is is super fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely that- dominant.
1: And that's a game that honestly it feels weird calling that a must-win for the Steelers, but it it kind of it's getting to the point to where it kind of was. Um if they had Absolutely. lost that game, they would have been five, six and one uh in in the AFC where most of the teams I think that are in playoff contention are seven and five. So you're yeah. looking at being a game and a half back and now they're sitting at six and six, five and one and definitely still right there in the mix with everybody. So yeah. and I think he, he's a big reason, honestly, why Pittsburgh won that game. The fact that they were able to oh, get absolutely. seven sacks on Lamar Jackson. I mentioned I know I mentioned earlier in the season um that some team, I don't remember which team it was, got six sacks on Lamar Jackson. That was the most he'd ever given up uh in, in his career. And now the Steelers got seven. So it's it's That's a crazy. tough it's a tough year for Lamar. But Baltimore yeah. keeps winning somehow, so
0: But they didn't. But they didn't this week. They found the they one not week this that they week. didn't get it done. Yeah, we were we were watching that game together, and you were like, "Man, if John Harbaugh gets this again, he might have to be my best in the booth." And yeah, it yeah. was like, "Man, well, what what a way that swung that it went from being I mean, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson again to being the opponent."
1: It's the one. It's the one play. It's the two point try, which yeah. we both we both were happy that Harbaugh had the cojones to go yeah. for it in, in that instance, but. Yeah, I mean, just an overthrown pass by by Lamar, and I mean, there's no denying that it was T.J. Watt that caused that because he was yeah. absolutely all up in the face of Lamar.
0: Uh, well, I know you you said that you wanted to talk about your best of the booth because it connected to my, or sorry, your under review because you wanted to connect it to my best of the booth. So I'll let you go ahead, go ahead, and tell us who you had <laughs> under review that was related to that fantastic, in my opinion, Monday Night Football game and Bill Belichick.
1: My under-review has to be the Bills' defense. How do 11 professional defensive players allow a team to put up 222 rushing yards on them, knowing what the opposing offense is going to do? Everybody knew what was coming. The fans knew it. The Mannings knew it, watching the the Manning cast. I knew it. I'm sure you knew it. The defense should have known it. The Patriots only threw the ball three times, like you said earlier. But still, uh, knowing what was coming, the Bills were only able to get nine stops behind the line of scrimmage and allowed the pass to get 222 yards on 46 rush attempts. Going into this game, I know you mentioned earlier about Buffalo's uh, rush defense probably being one of their weakest areas. But going into this game, Buffalo was only allowing 96.6 yards a game on the ground. That would be sixth best in the league. New England was only averaging 115.3 rushing yards a game, which is good for 14th in the league. Being a balanced team, the rush isn't necessarily New England's strength, and it's an area that Buffalo should have been able to stop. Instead, they weren't able to do anything and were definitely a big reason for that huge divisional loss. I get what you're saying about like Belichick had a fantastic game plan, and hats off to him. Right. I don't want to take anything away from what Damian Harrison and Ramondre, uh, Ramondre Stevenson did in that game. They absolutely killed it. But it's not like this rush defense is like the Jags. Like they're, they're they were sixth best in the league in rushing yards a game. And I get that they've played some weak opponents, but still it's not, it's not they're not terrible at it. And this is a premier defense that we've both touted a lot on this on this podcast. Throughout this season, that this is a defense that people should be afraid of. They've they haven't quite looked that way the last couple of weeks, but still a solid rush defense. But it's only a solid rush defense statistically because of these
0: these weak performances that were able to bring the numbers down so drastically. Like The Saints without Alvin Kamara, they held them to 44 yards. That drags your average down drastically to have one game where you only allow 44 yards. I mean, and then you've got a 70-yard game against the Jets, a 79-yard game against the Jags, who didn't have James Robinson. The Dolphins rushed for 60 yards against them. The Chiefs, they did have 120 rush yards, which doesn't help their average. But 61 of those rush yards came for Patrick Mahomes. so they they gave up 60 yards to running backs because oh sorry and the texans 48 yards so you've got two under 50 yard performances in there because first of all there's situational football that the bills are a very good very very good offense and so they're able to score big so you you end up needing to throw more than run and so you're playing from behind not running the ball as much and then you don't even have a good run offense so, I don't know. I, I've just, it's been something that I've seen. I know that Bills fans on Twitter have been talking about how bad this run defense is. I mean, they gave up 264 yards to the Colts, 264 yeah. rush yards. But like, Derrick Henry had 146 on them. Like, competent rushing teams. The Patriots come in and they do 222 rush yards. I, I just think, and again, they didn't give up many at a time, which is fair, but true. I just think that the Bills' run defense is suspect, and if they get matched up against the Colts in the playoffs, they could get trounced in the first round, because yeah. they're facing a team that is, it's like, we cannot stop the run if we have to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that I think Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor do that to most defenses in the NFL. And, and as for That's the fair. rest of and as for the rest of the teams, like yeah, they're subpar teams, but the defense is doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like I can't fault them for that. I think I think my bigger problem with this is the fact that again, everybody knew what was coming. The the Patriots threw the ball one time in in the first half. Everybody knew on every single play this is going to be a rush. They're running the football. There's no point even like trying to to you know, pay attention to possibly maybe in the past, they've run it every single play. I mean, so how, you, how do you do that? a defensive standpoint? True,
0: so, so what they did though, is they, I mean, what's crazy is they did stack nine in the box. And from, from most of the game, they put nine in the box, which is unbelievable that the Patriots were able to run on nine in the box. Um, Great. And then they, they would have a corner out wide uh shadowing, uh, which uh, born or, or whoever they had, out at wide receiver that way and then a safety over the top. And so it's like, we don't want to like, you can't put 11 guys in the box and and just be like, yeah, yeah. So like you, you say 11 guys know what's coming every time, but at the same time, they don't like you can't, you can't just because the, the first time they do a play action play, it's a touchdown. We're not talking a, a big play. It's a touchdown. If you're in the box, not covering an NFL wide receiver. I mean,
1: receiver. I'm I'm not even necessarily saying put all eleven guys in the box. What I'm saying is like, like you said, there's nine guys in the box. How how are they getting four yards on that? How is that happening? These guys are professional defensive players in the NFL. How is that happening? That's my big, mean, that's my bigger gripe with them. Yeah,
0: I, and part of it is uh, from what I saw of I think the one of the bigger runs that Stevenson had was some creative offensive line movement behind. So you would stunt offensive line behind another one to get out in front of the running back. So he's running with offensive linemen, which helps in those kind of situations. So, I mean, they were running jumbo package, which is extra tight ends, extra linemen, fullbacks. Like, you're getting extra blocking every play. And so I think that that is a, a big factor as well. But yeah, I mean... You're not completely wrong in in saying, "Hey, you, there's nine guys in the box. You shouldn't be giving up four yards of carry." Um, yeah, because I mean, it was
1: <laughs> it was ugly. Yeah, it was it was rough. And and those eleven starters for the Bills defense have nobody but themselves to blame for this loss. I mean, I mean, honestly, th- this was a big game in that division. It was a big game in the AFC seeding. Big game in in the playoff hunt. And the Bills defense blew it. I mean, they yeah. should have. They should have performed better. If this was, if they had given up, I'd say like 140, 150 rushing yards, uh, in in that game, and still lost, I wouldn't be as upset about. But it's 222 rushing yards. It's crazy. Like we've talked before about how a 100 yard rushing performance is. That's like that's a big deal for a running back. And you gave up 222 yards to them. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways. Yeah. Is that-
0: That's what I think is interesting is it's like with the phasing out of running backs in the league, you're also seeing the phasing out of run defense because teams are using linebackers um, that are a little bit smaller, that are really more like safeties instead of linebackers. And so like where you had your Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher types, now... You've got like Dion Jones and Devondre Campbell for the Packers, that it's like they're yeah. a little leaner, they're a little, little bit faster. I'm trying to think of linebackers that didn't play for the Falcons. That's, uh, I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I can't think of like little speedy, fast linebackers. Oh, Roquan Smith. I mean, Roquan Smith is a great example of like you're sacrificing yeah. size for speed. And because you're you're trying to use them more in pass coverage to cover tight ends to cover running backs in the pass game, and so because the NFL doesn't run the ball as much, you're they don't defend the run as much, and so teams are not built to like the the Bills are they literally built the Bills to beat the Chiefs, and if you want to beat the Chiefs, yeah. you don't need run stuffing linebackers, you need past defending linebackers. You know, that's that's the kind of team that they built. And so that's you get you get bowled over when you play teams that want to run the ball and can run the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's fair. That's fair. Well who you got under review this week? Under review this week. Although they made me look like a
0: genius. As we all know, as <laughs> everyone who listens to this podcast should know I'm the smarter of the two of us. Um, I am the one who decided this is the week the Lions are gonna win. You're welcome, Detroit.
1: You're welcome that I
0: stuck with you,
1: man. Uh, man, I I got a bone to pick with Detroit for eleven games. I'm over here loving De- Detroit. Like, come on, I know you got in you. I know you got in you. I know you. Got, and then I give up on them. And then I give up on did. them. And I told you last week. I said, oh, yep. Listen, that's great you're picking them. There's a lot of heartbreak that comes with that pick. I know. Speaking from experience, 11 weeks. No and heartbreak what do here, the, the Lions do that go out and freaking reward you?
0: <laughs> now, in fairness, I had picked them before. I picked them, if you remember, I picked them on Thanksgiving, and they let me down then, too. So I had experienced a little bit of the heartbreak. But I, I it literally happened exactly the way I told you. I was like, look, they don't have Dalvin Cook. That's trouble for the Vikings. They can yeah. hang. They're due a win. It's at home. It's literally what happened, which is great.
1: Um Yeah, yeah. Good good pick. Good pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still I think it should count as at least double. Or at least I should be able to r- roll my tie up to a win. Um since the tie was a Lions game and I picked a lion the Lions win correctly, I think I should get to roll my tie up to a win. That's that's not um, how this works. <laughs> So, uh, all that to say that my under-review, my under-review is the Vikings' defense. Mm. Like, listen, I get it. I get it. It was a magical moment. I get I don't blame the, the Vikings' defense for the last play. Because that throw that Jared Goff made was perfect. If Jared Goff puts yeah. that ball literally anywhere else, it's defended. It's It's game over, Vikings win. Jared Goff put that ball, which the cojones on Jared Goff to be able to, in that moment, nail that spot for the win, for that city. In the, I mean, like, he's he's been in some big games, but I think for his career, that was one of his, his most important throws. Um, now, was it necessarily important in the grand scheme of things? No. But in that moment, that was an important throw. And so... Yeah but it was the drive leading up to that like how do you let like i i i mentioned earlier dalvin cook out you know that he's not going to play they knew that going into the game then adam thielen goes down and somehow without adam thielen they're able the vikings are able to come back and take the lead and so that vikings offense did what did more than they should have had to do they did more than they should have had to do they went down and scored a touchdown I think just over two minutes left, maybe just under the two-minute warning. Scored a touchdown, which retrospect it's like, well, that would have been you. That might have been dumb. You should have just run the clock out, kicked the game-winning field goal, been done with it. Not that they can kick game-winning field goals. Just ask the Cardinals. And so you, your offense does its job, gets you the lead. You get a four-point lead. They can't even come down and kick a field goal to tie the game. They need a touchdown, and the Vikings defense gives up a. 14 play 75 yard drive with I think it was a minute 50 they had a minute 50 defense all you had to do was your job for two minutes you had to do your job for two minutes and again I'm not talking about the last play last play fluke play fantastic throw by Jared Goff and probably stupid defensive call but it's, it's the fact that they even got to that point. You should have stopped them long before. Yeah. But you couldn't do it. <laughs> and so, so you gave your division rivals one win, which is interesting. First uh, win of the season. Uh, I saw this earlier that uh, they are still mathematically not eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> the only team mathematically eliminated from the playoffs is the, the Houston Texans. So Detroit is still... Possible, <laughs> the playoffs are still. You start a win streak. You start a win streak now, you can still make the playoffs. You and might. They might say saying there's a else chance to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's yeah, Vikings uh, defense under review. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm I'm with you, and and it it kind of goes back to what I said about uh the Bills defense. Like in that scenario, in that situation, knowing what the Lions have to accomplish to win the game. How do you let that happen? How, as professional NFL players, do you let that happen? Like, knowing what has to be done. Yeah, Keep them them in field goal range all you want. That's fine. They they can't win with a field goal. They have to score a touchdown. And you let it happen. Yep. I don't, like, I'm with you. I don't understand. I don't know how you, it baffles me. It baffles me. It's the the whole... Like you said, like you've said it
0: before. I, I like your I like your phrasing here. That it's like there's a difference in playing to not lose and playing to win. And what yeah. the Vikings were doing is they were trying to play to not lose. And so they're like, just play conservative defense. Conservative defense. Maybe we played a little too conservative, and Jared Goff just threw a perfect pass, touchdown game.
1: Yeah, I, and it also goes back to what I've said about the Vikings all season that they play to the level of their opponent. They, the Vikings are a much okay, better. Don't. Listen, they no, don't no, the, have the, Dalvin
0: Cook, man. Even
1: even without even without Dalvin, did, did you see what Justin Jefferson did in that game? He was unbelievable. And we're not talking about the Vikings' offense in this. We just mentioned that the Vikings' offense was was fantastic, even with all the injuries, the Dalvin Cook injury. Adam I wouldn't going say down.
0: fantastic, but they did their job.
1: They had they had a pretty good day, and they, and like you said, they did their job. But this Vikings team. All season has played to the level of their opponents. They, they, this is the same team that, sure, they had Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, but they just beat the Packers, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? It was by three points, but they beat them. And now they're losing to the winless Lions by two points. It's it There's no consistency with them. There's no consistency with them. That's fair. Yeah,
0: they, they – I mean – but again, the Lions also have played up to their opponent's level on in almost. That's almost, that's
1: also true. That's also true. almost
0: every game they've played. So they met in the middle, and the Lions overcame them. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of the Lions playing to the level of their opponent.
0: All right, I'm excited. I have is, no idea. This is, this is this my legit or counterfeit.
1: Legit or counterfeit.
0: All right, what we
1: got? So that McAfee show they 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 call Dan Campbell Motor City Dan Campbell. They'll often refer to him as as MCDC, which is a fun little nickname. So I think I'm I'm going to start using that also. That's why Uh, I like it. MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell, the man himself, finally captured that elusive first win with his Detroit Lions on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. I wanted to point out the rookie record of some other notable head coaches over the years. Okay. So Jimmy Johnson, the great Dallas Cowboys head coach, his rookie season with Dallas, 1989, he went one and fifteen. Wow. Tom Landry, another Dallas Cowboys, great. 1960, his rookie season with them. He went oh eleven and one. Chuck Knoll, Pittsburgh Steelers, great. Rookie season 1969, he went one and thirteen. Bill Parcells, New York Giants, 1983, 3 12 and 1. Andy Reed this is kind of this is a little bit of an outlier. Andy Reid, his first season with the Philadelphia Eagles 1999. He went 5 and 11. 5 and 11 that's that's kind of on par right. with, with most rookie uh, yeah. head coaches. Bill Walsh San Francisco 49ers 1979 went 2 and 14. Now, all of these coaches eventually won a Super Bowl title with their respective franchises, except for Andy Reid, who did take Philly to one, but couldn't get a victory until his time with Kansas City. All of these coaches are regarded as some of the best of all time. Now, I don't want to place that sort of expectation on Dan Campbell, but my question is, even only winning one game thus far, despite playing in numerous close ones, Dan Campbell has done enough for that city and organization to put full faith in him moving forward. Legit or counterfeit?
0: Oh, I think absolutely legit. I think absolutely legit. Uh, I'm with you that I think that giving him any kind of like expectation of (sighs) Super Bowl appearance is tough. Um, I think that the thing that he has going for him that those other French or the thing that he has against him that those other franchises that you mentioned didn't have. You mentioned the the Eagles, <laughs> the Steelers, the Cowboys. Those were your three teams that those coaches came from? Is that right?
1: Uh, 49ers and okay. Giants.
0: Giants. Okay. Yeah. Those are some of the greatest franchises in football. True. Now, true. part of it is because of the legacy that those coaches built, but also those are some pretty awesome... Pretty awesome franchises. The Detroit Lions are not that. It's yeah. gonna take <laughs> a lot for Dan Campbell to build a team to convince free agents to come there. I I it, almost gonna be impossible. One, Jared Goff's contract is massive, and so good luck working around that. If he if he has any more years left on, that, I don't I don't know what that situation is. Um, yeah. but massive contract on him then. Again, it, it's Detroit. Like that's a tough place to convince somebody to go live. Yeah, Detroit. And then on top of that, it's it's the worst franchise in football over the last twenty years. I mean, I mean, I think that's you could pretty make conservative.
1: A, you could make an argument for the New York Jets, or uh, actually Cleveland Browns. Because the New York Jets did have a little bit of a heyday there with the in the Rex Ryan Mark Sanchez years. Right. Um, and Detroit did have some success there with Stafford, made the playoffs a couple of times. Um, Calvin Johnson and the Browns outside of last year, it's been since the early nineties since they made the playoffs. So that's fair. I would say okay. the Browns have been worse. But yes, Detroit is definitely down there in the bottom. And from an organizational standpoint, definitely one of the worst in the league yeah but i do
0: think that what we've seen from dan campbell is and and they say this a lot because there's there's questions about arthur smith in atlanta but it's it's how much can you get out of the talent that you do have and i think that i think arthur arthur smith is doing it too but dan campbell is getting a lot more out of very very little talent in detroit than anybody else has done over the Absolutely. last few
1: years. Absolutely. Um,
0: and so, you know, when when like the highlight on your team, when like the most well-known player on your team is either your offensive lineman, Sewell, who was just drafted and so everybody knows who he is because he's a rookie, or Jared Goff. Yeah, like the, quarter,
1: the quarterback that just got traded away from a franchise.
0: Yeah. Yes. And so like, I, I think that he's got a tough road ahead of him. But I think he's legit, man. I think that yeah. I think that he is a really good head coach. I I would, as from what I've seen from him, it's not coaching that has been the downfall of these games. If anything, coaching has been why these games have been anywhere close to wins. Yeah. So yeah, man. I think I think Dan Quinn I and mean, Dan Quinn. Well, <laughs> just man. I don't want to tell you to edit that out because I people <laughs> need to know that that is not. Dan Campbell MC is, decent. yeah, I give me Dan Campbell over Dan Quinn. How about that? Yeah. Give me Dan Campbell over Dan Quinn. Uh, I think they might be very similar coaches though, of, of like the very much motivators. But I think that Dan Campbell shows that he is, he's got a little bit more strategic knowledge that's going to help him out as, yeah. as being a head coach. So,
1: yeah, I, I agree. I think that, I think the biggest reason for the the losses that they've had and, They've been some close games, uh, surprisingly, but I think the biggest reason is is lack of talent. I don't think it's a coaching standpoint. I think I think it is that there's just not enough talent there. Um and the fact that they're in as close of a game as they are is right. absolutely a testament to that, that coaching staff that all stems from Dan Campbell. Um and I man, I love I love his energy on the sidelines watching the game. I love him in, in press conferences. Like he looks he looks like somebody that I would want to play for, you know right. what I mean? Um, and I think that's huge for for players. I agree with you. I think the it's going to be difficult getting guys to come to Detroit. And because of that, they're going to have to nail draft picks. And I don't trust that organization to do anything when it comes to the draft. Um, yeah But, you know, if if you can get if you can get a couple of defensive free agents on on the I cheap, mean they nailed get they na- they nailed Pene Sewell like that's a great pick right that was also like a top 5 pick so it's i mean yeah i was going to say it's hard to screw up a top 5 pick but i guess plenty of teams have so yes the lions um, have
0: plenty of times
1: yeah i i just think that if they can get if they can get like a solid wide receiver uh in and in free agency Some good defensive players, I wouldn't even say like one or two star ones, but just good defensive ones that that, that you can get on the cheap to have some defensive depth there. Jared Goff's not, he's not a scrub. He's definitely not, I mean, I don't know if I'd put him in the top 15, but he's probably top 20 in the league. I I wouldn't put
0: him, I wouldn't put him over being a game manager.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but he's not hes not a terrible quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a terrible one. Um, Jamal Williams isn't bad at, at running back. I think they've got some pieces to where next year could, like this could be a team that could go out there and get you six, seven wins maybe. I mean, may, maybe even compete in some other ones. And and if you can build on that momentum, keep it going and growing, I think he's got a good shot at, at turning this organization around within the next couple of years. Which is, yeah. like when I did the research on, on all of these um, – Man, I wish I had written down the year they won the Super Bowl. But I know Jimmy Johnson, like I say, took over in 1989. I think they won their first one in 1991 with him. Bill Parcells, I think it was within like four years. Uh, Bill Walsh was sometime in the mid-80s, so within five years or so. Uh, And then Chuck Knoll was in the 70s, so it wasn't wasn't that far off. But I think I'm not going to say that he's going to take them to the Super Bowl within the next— Five or six years, but I think he could be at least competitive within five years easily. But yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna require that organization doing the right thing to get pieces for that team, nailing the draft picks and sticking with them. Putting yeah. their faith in him and sticking with the quiz. We've seen so often these coaches within two, three years, if there's not a drastic turnaround, they're gone. Um and that's I think that's detrimental to the organization as a whole, and I think it's detrimental to the players. But right. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I I'm gonna say legit. I I like them. Yeah, I'm with you, with you. All right.
0: Uh, last thing for this episode. This is the week thirteen review show, uh, and we want to make sure to get you our our pick for Thursday night football so that we can uh, get that out there and get it in, get it down in in stone before uh, we release the the pick show on Friday. Uh, so I'll do this when you do all of them for the pick shows.
1: Yeah, Thursday
0: night football. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling west to visit the Minnesota Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, tickets are low as forty-one dollars. If you're a Vikings fan, they know that their team is uh, pretty banged up um, right now. Minnesota is Minnesota right now is favored by three points, which is a little surprising to me. So,
1: who you got? You know, I have a question mark next to this one. Uh I do have really? I do have a choice. I just don't know. So my initial gut reaction was Vikings over Steelers. Um Right. And I think that is probably the smarter pick and the better pick because I think the Vikings are a better team than the Steelers. But as I've mentioned man, I just I can't I can't trust the Vikings against anybody. I hate well, taking if it, them if it, because I can't trust. If it helps
0: you out at all, if it helps you out at all, as of right now, it's it's still Dalvin Cook is out, Adam Thielen is out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like I don't. I'm higher on Madison than you are, um, as we discovered last week. Uh, I'm ultra high on Justin Jefferson, but can he replicate a? I think he had like 180 yards on Sunday. Can he replicate that against a better Steelers defense? I don't know. I don't know. No. And I think that I think that we just talked about T.J. Watt's monster game against Baltimore. I think he could get back there and get some sacks on on uh Kirk Cousins. So I just I want to go Vikings because like I said, I think they're the better team. I think this is a team that deserves to be in the playoff hunt and be in the playoff picture, yeah. but I just can't trust them. So I don't know who to take, man.
0: Man, I the Vikings are too banged up for me. If it helps you make your decision, I'm going Steelers. I'm going with T.J. Watt, Najee Harris. I know that I know that Ben Roethlisberger has not been good, but the Vikings just gave up, I think, like 296 yards to Jared Goff, and he yeah. threw for like 25 for 41. I think Ben Roethlisberger is still a little bit better than Jared Goff. Um, I know for a fact there are better weapons in Pittsburgh than there are in definitely, Detroit. definitely. And so I think if that Vikings defense gave up, even the twenty-four points before or twenty-three points before the before that last drive to the Lions, I could definitely see them giving up more points to the Steelers and being able to be stuffed more by the Steelers defense than they were the Lions. Um and I know that's hard to just like because they played the Lions in a close game. But I think the injuries just deplete them too much. Justin Jefferson is awesome, but the Steelers know that. And so the Steelers are gonna be doubling him. And he's—they're gonna dare Kirk Cousins to either beat them with other other weapons or Anthony Madison. Ain't ain't happening.
1: Alexander Madison, but
0: yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I said.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, for no first initials, man. For the sake of you know some some fun competition, I'll stick with the Vikings. I'm glad you picked drama. the Steelers. I'll 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 stick with the Vikings. Again, I think they're the better team. I think I think that they should win this game, but the injuries could could catch them and hurt them. I'm with you. So
0: you think you think even with the injuries, the Vikings are a better team?
1: Mm, not necessarily. I think it's close with the injuries. Uh, with the healthy team, absolutely they're better. Um, but with the injuries, I think they're close. I don't know if I want to say the Pittsburgh's better, but they're 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 they're, they're pretty neck and neck in my opinion. I guess. I yeah, mean if, Pittsburgh... they're,
0: if they're healthy, give me the Vikings, but yeah. They ain't healthy, so give me the right. Steelers for sure. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, like I said, I think the injuries could catch them. I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode. This, this is weird. It's a weird thing doing this like not going into picks, but you yeah. know what? We'll try it out. We'll see how it works. Uh, let us know if you like this. Um, let us know what you think. If we should reformat the show. Any suggestion. We're open to it. Uh, just let us know. Yeah. But other than that, we will see you on Friday. I guess we won't see you, but you'll hear us on Friday with our picks for the weekend. Uh, and outside of that, I think that's I that. Think, hold on, hold on. Not that, that. Okay. I, okay. I don't think we should. That's that.
0: This is part one of the week think we should just give a good old we should just get a good old give a good old
1: ta-ta for now alright ta-ta for now